Blog Talk Radio. Granny Hawkster and Big Twin. Oh yes, it is Monday again, and you know I was doing a lot of uh, thinking uh, over the break uh, that we had throughout, throughout last week and this week, guys. And a um, couple of things, um, I, I touched a little bit on it on my sports show this morning. I was thinking about you guys. Um, <laughs> we have. The Dallas Cowboys this year, I have the ability to to have both of you either uh, to to give me crap or I have the ability to give both of you crap at this season because the the Cowboys play both the Vikings and the Chiefs this year for the first time since we've had a show play both teams in the same season. So that's going to be interesting. And uh, we also play the Raiders, Granny's uh, second favorite team, on Thanksgiving. Which is going to be a very so that's interesting thing. So that's 0-3. Uh, well, I don't know about Raiders, but um, but I mean, well, Kansas City is going to be a tough one. Uh, both of both of them are on the road as well at Minnesota and at Kansas City. So that's that's a little weird. Um, yeah, another thing I wanted to add. We have to play. Who? You have to play San Francisco. Not this. Year, nope. Um. Right. So. So say. Save a trade list for next year. But basically, yeah. Um, the the other thing I'm thinking, guys, and uh, I know we do uh, have a 701 on right now, like almost immediately. But um, I kind I did I did have a quick question for you. I was sitting there watching some old clips and having a uh, a nostalgic moment from my childhood, and uh, and this goes for both of you. During the 90s, the, the mid to late 90s, um, when you were sitting in front of a television, uh, and, and this is this is for all of us, for our, our listeners and, and viewers and everything as well. Uh, feel free to write into to the icon or into the Facebook page. When you when you were sitting there in front of your television, which theme song 
gave you more of the, the, the goosebumps, gave you more of the, oh, crap, something's about to happen. Uh, was it this one? Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Let's want to get to the uh, the main drop here. Get ready. Actually, actually for me, it's uh, actually for me, it was when uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin when you hear the the glass break, it's your ass. Yes, 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 but that's that's. Obviously, that's Stone Cold. I'm talking about for those two main groups who were perhaps the most oh, DX, influential definitely. two groups. You think it was DX over NWO, DX, yeah? yeah? Okay. DX, definitely. Okay. And, uh, hey, before we uh, before we bring our first guest on, I see that they're on. Uh, I just want to thank our new, uh, thank our new advertisers. Uh, uh, Bad Diesel Magazine is now uh, an advertiser here for Attitude Air Live. Uh, Bad Diesel Magazine, okay. Uh, they are going to be featuring uh, a full-page ad uh, in their magazine about uh, Attitude Air Live every month, and uh, we want to thank them for uh, sponsoring us. And uh, every month we're going to have whoever they have as their model on our show uh, talking about uh, Bad Diesel magazine, so we want to thank them for coming aboard. And, nice. Um, it's really awesome. So just think of what it's like to have Attitude Air Live on an ad in a magazine. Uh, you know. Do they need? If you do they need a, um, a a picture of of the logo? Because I can send them over the JPEG with the logo on it. Or I can send it over to you. Well, and you yeah, can get it. Send, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Send that to me what you have, and that because I sent them what I got, and yours might be a little better. And uh, if you want to uh, get more information on Bad Diesel Magazine, you can check out Bad Diesel Magazine on uh, Facebook. And, uh, yeah, and make sure that uh, you get information about subscribing to the magazine. Um, oh, yeah. Go on and check, check them out for sure. We always love sponsors. Yeah. So, and then we'll uh, I'll work on starting running an ad for them. We'll have to make them an ad or something that we can play sometime during the show. But, uh uh, until then, we will uh, keep pitching them like this. But thank you for sponsoring our show. We appreciate it. Yeah. So between them and um, between them and Sharpshooter Funding, uh, we we actually have uh, two pretty pretty big time sponsors, pretty good sponsors. So I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see you know what we can do and who we can you know who we can have and and who else wants to jump on board i'm, I'm super excited about it so uh, i can without further ado here uh we do have a 701 on which is your um yep. your area code so obviously it's somebody from the greater north dakota area uh would you like me yep. to put them on yep go ahead all righty you got your thing do it. all right ladies and gentlemen Stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle, the kings of Puffamania. Here they are. Hey, guys, what's going on? What is up, Icon? It's your boy, Big Papa Puff, coming to you from Puffamania. I'm going to be talking solo with you on this one tonight. So you got me for however time we got to play with this thing. So 
How are you doing today, Icon? Well, we're doing all right. Don't don't forget to mention uh, say hi to Granny Hulkster and all that good stuff. We got you guys for about seven minutes. So tell you got seven minutes to tell us about what's going on, when you guys have your next show, and all that good stuff. So go for it. Tell us what's uh, what's the skinny guys. We've got Immortal Two, and that's going to be at the Zone Bar in Fargo, North Dakota, on June nineteenth. Um, it's going to be an amazing show. This is going to be the show by far. It's also going to be a donation show. Part of the proceeds to this event go to the Roger Maris Cancer Center in Fargo. Um, the doors are going to be at 5. The is going to be at 7. All the tickets are available at the event bar or online at Eventbrite. Um, All if you right. go to the site, if you use the, uh, we have Puff Cup as a discount code for everybody there to use. So go over there, get five dollars off your tickets, and see us at the show. Yeah, uh, and then uh, maybe next week you can start. Uh, uh, we can use like um, you know a promo code for like uh, Icon or Attitude Air Live or something. That'd be cool. Uh, but uh, how many uh, how many matches you guys got uh, on the card this month or this well, show? I should say. Uh, I believe we have we have at least four matches. All right, and uh, uh, we'll be looking forward to that. And uh, um, I will, uh, I will be, uh, I'll be there in all my glory as your guest uh, bell keeper, uh, bell ringer, whatever you want to say. Um, and uh, you know, uh, I got to let everybody know that uh, Public Mania puts on a uh, hell of a show. And uh, if you're looking for a great time, it doesn't matter uh, where you're listening to us at. Uh, if you can get to the show, um, you know, they'll show you the whole seat, but you're only going to need the edge. And um, they uh, they put on a great show. They have a great uh, promotion going on there, and we're glad to be able to support everything that they do. And uh, we want you guys to know that uh, we love everything that you guys do, and it's great to see that uh, independent wrestling is coming back to uh, North Dakota in some way. And uh, everything that you guys do has been uh, exceptional and exemplary. And uh, I don't think anybody can hold a candle to what you guys do because of all the stuff that uh, you do in organization and putting the show together. It's really awesome. That's, I mean, we we pawn a... May I say it? A hell of a show. I mean, we really do. I mean, we put everything we can into our shows because we love wrestling. Uh, and we may just have about four or five matches on this card, but the card that we have is action-packed within all of it. It's an explosion of wrestling good time. We've got matches, every puff cup. We've got two bracket matches to see who will be facing the first ever PWA North Dakota Championship, which also our belt will be debuted at this show 
was none other than Greg Gagne, AWA legend, there to take autographs, pictures, and will actually be there with Rampage Santana to help face off a dastardly Ricky Norton. Which is really awesome, and uh, you guys, there's also a kid from the show, right? Yes, absolutely. All the Buffalo. And, Buffalo uh, you guys also have uh, uh, COVID protocol in place as well, correct? Yes. All right. So, um, give us a, give us the time and the uh, when the doors open, and uh, will tickets be available at the door as well? And they can yes. also buy them in advance, right? Uh, doors are at five. The bell time is at seven. Okay, and uh, they can get tickets at the door, but uh, it's best to buy them early, correct? Absolutely. You never and, know. Uh, we might many, uh, miss the opportunity. What is the capacity? The capacity is we're looking to get about 500 people. All right, so and uh, this thing. Yeah, you know, in your last show, uh, it was a it was a big sellout, and it was an awesome card. I, uh, I, my favorite, of course, will always be the hardcore matches. I mean, it was a great card all around, but uh, watching someone get body slammed on Legos was uh, definitely the highlight of the show. So, uh, Not it's one, but it was our really main awesome. event show is a lumberjack match. Between Duke Cornell and Sugar Bobby Brennan, and we've and had, right as a matter of fact, we've had we've had both of those gentlemen on the show, and uh, uh, Granny's fans of both of them. There's only one person on your card that she's not a fan of, and that's uh, um, so, obviously, yeah, Sylvester J. Fox. He's going to be there too. <clears throat> All right. Hey, Granny, eventually we got to get you up there and have you ringside for uh, when he comes out. I, I, I'm i sure that you guys will have a uh, a great group hug, I would guess. Uh, well, I, I don't well, think I'd be hugging Sylvester J. Fox. I'd be probably shoving him away like I do some of the other heels I deal with. Well, you know, uh, Granny, we know that you uh, like to throw out a chop or two. Uh, maybe that might be... Uh, a thing. Uh, can Sylvester now, J. Fox survive a granny's? Uh, that's a possibility. <laughs> could, could Sylvester J. Fox uh, survive a granny chop? <laughs> uh, that would that would be a question for him. But either way, I'd love to experiment and see if he could. That is really awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna keep talking to you until our guest calls in. Uh, um, we're waiting for him. Let's make sure he's on board here. And yeah, uh, I'm here. I, I, no, I, I'm here. I just I had the I had the mic on mute for whatever reason. I'm here. Oh, that's fine. Uh, you got a question for our our buddies there at Puffmania? There, Big Swing. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, being being out in North Dakota, uh, you're much more familiar with them than I am uh, here in New York, um, but. Just wondering, um, as all of this COVID stuff begins to wrap up, uh, are you guys able to have 
you know, capacity now at your shows? Are, are you limited still? Uh, is there still a mask requirement? I mean, vaccination cards showing. I, I, how are you guys, when you do your shows and you put it together, how are you going to be able to decipher who can go and who can't, how many? North Dakota right now is essentially it's completely out of the COVID uh, precautions. So okay. masks are no mandated in public nor in businesses. However, oh, good. businesses okay. will request and have you wear a mask. Yeah, uh, privately owned if they want to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, we'll have like hand sanitizer and, you know, if you want a mask, there's a box of masks there for you. But other than that, really, at this point, uh, we've handed out over 70,000 different vaccines in North Dakota. So we've gotten oh, a lot wow. of vaccines out, and our numbers have dropped tremendously. So we're doing, we're doing fantastic here. We're on the road here to have a great COVID-free <laughs> summer. And do you guys have a particular capacity number? Like, I know in New York, for example – at certain sporting events or certain type of events, they might say, okay, you can have fans, um, but it's only, you know, 20% capacity, or you can only have people with proven vaccination cards. You can only have yada, yada, yada. Like, do you guys have a particular number that they give you, or are they just letting you pack everybody in? That you can pack everybody in. Oh, morning. beautiful. See, see, that's awesome. New York, you got to get on board with North Dakota, man. This is, this is, this is awesome. I mean, I mean Adam, New York's a step behind the eight ball here with all this. <laughs> you know, really, though, when it comes to North Dakota, we, this whole COVID thing, as crazy as it has been, I think our North Dakota winter colds and our flu seasons that run all the way around us, I mean, we, we're not new to this type of a thing. So yeah. trying to get the rolling on that and trying to figure out how to get things to work right, I mean, mm. Do you guys still have snow out there? <laughs> and, you know, also not to mentioning, it's so cold here, people automatically just isolate themselves willingly. Oh, so. well, yeah, I can imagine. I, I went out there in mid-March for an event a couple of years ago when I visited the Icon. It was like, what, the week of March or something? And you guys had a blizzard where you got three feet. And I was like, this is March. Like, what the hell is going on? So, yeah, I, I can imagine. it's. Uh, I've experienced it firsthand. Well, uh, as I can tell you, we just had snow here this May. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So but it's all it, gone it's now, not, though. It's, it's all gone now. We don't, have, we, we don't have any left on the ground now. <clears throat> no, of course not. Now it's all bright and sunny, and it's ready to have outdoor wrestling season. And uh, so now the, the match is going to be outdoors or indoors? Outdoors. This is going to be an outdoor event. Okay, give us the address again, if you have it. The address is at the Zone Bar. I don't actually have a, a full address on me. There is one, however, at the uh, event page for Puffamania's Immortal 2. Well, I will. Uh, I will see if I can find it. Oh, here, here, seven hundred one Main Avenue in West Fargo. Uh, yep, West Fargo. That is correct. And for those of you guys who use uh, MapQuest uh, or maps on your phone, seven hundred one Main Avenue East, West Fargo, North Dakota five eight zero seven eight. 
get there, get your tickets now, uh, and uh, it, it should be a big show, especially the fact that it's outdoors. Uh, now, uh, we're obviously hoping that, uh, you know, it's going to be great weather, but are you guys putting this on rain or shine? As long as there isn't a, a thunderstorm or tornado, we're we're looking to try to get this thing out to the people no matter what. All right. And I'm uh, I'm looking forward to being the uh the guest uh the uh guest uh, uh ring uh, uh bell ringer. I I'm looking forward to doing that for you guys. It's going to be awesome. This this one really is. This is going this is a a really a monumental show for us. Our first belt, our first championship, having Greg Ganya who somebody I personally have idolized. We are hugely inspired by the AWA, and to have uh, a Ganya just even come to one of our shows, we're extremely honored. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm still working on getting you guys a, a couple celebrities for uh, uh, your one of your next two shows. Uh, she's willing to come out and... Uh, 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 support you guys. So if we can, uh, we had wrong last week. Uh, Onyx would, is, still wants to come out and uh, have fun with you guys. So I'm still working on that. Awesome. And uh, you know, I mean, anybody that uh, got to be a ring valet for Macho Man Randy Savage in any capacity, you know, was going to be great. Uh, absolutely. I mean. Anybody who was able to be there with the true bone saw is somebody that we have plenty of questions for and would love to have be here with Puffamania. And we, you know, that we'll have we'll have a good time with Onyx, and uh, I know that uh, <laughs> I know that uh, she uh, she's big into uh, all forms of wrestling, and uh, you know she uh, you know she'll uh, sign autographs and uh, you know. Uh, and hey, if you ask real nice, she'll probably even give you a big hug too. You know. Um, also, this event, unlike some other events, this one will not be on our Facebook Live. So the only way to see this one for a while is going to be there in person. We are looking to get this show recorded and eventually post it out there to all the lovely people eventually, but. If you want to know how the act is going to go down, you got to buy a ticket. You got to be. I'll tell you what. Uh, if you guys want to, uh, if you guys want to keep talking, I'm going to try and get a hold of our first guest and see what's going on. Uh, if not, uh, uh, the pub main you guys will have to hang on with us. So uh, hang on, guys. I'm going to uh, try and get a hold of our first guest, and then uh, I'll be right back to you. So you guys keep uh, talking. Grandy, big swing. Ask them all the questions you want. One second. Okay. So, Big Swing, also, are you there with us? I am. Yes, I'm just waiting on. Uh, okay. Waiting on Icon. This show is a donation show to cancer research. So, just being able to do that also the show just makes it that much cooler. Uh, <clears throat> we're gonna be doing a benefits for cancer research and trying to get as much money raised as humanly possible. That's awesome. Very awesome. 
that's what makes it such a great event when you're doing, uh, you know, to benefit someone or somebody or something. I mean, it just that makes it all that much better. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, and it's a topic that is it, we're, that we're really passionate about and just knowing that have an outlet that gives us an ability to help out with that. I mean, as soon as we made PuffMania, we knew that we wanted to do something with different organizations and different causes, you know, not only having a outlet, it's fun games, you know, you have a responsibility in how to use it wisely, and we're trying to make the best out of it. Well, that's like the organization I help with that's over in Oklahoma, Wrestling for a Cause. You know, I mean, because of COVID, we couldn't do wrestling shows for over a year, and we were able to finally do our first two-night event for a little girl by the name of Grayson back in April, and we raised over $2,000 for her and her family, so, and just two nights, you know, so... That's awesome. That's really cool. That's what I that's what I love about this organization. I've met so many amazing kids and their families over the years that I've helped with this organization that I'm just blessed to be a part of it. And I'll continue to be a part of it as long as I can. So um Another thing with this show, Granny, I know that you and Sly have a unique relationship. Uh, he has <laughs> to do a little bit more managing here again. So there is definitely a chance, you know, if we can get you out here, that you could give a mouthful to the Sly man himself. Oh, I would love that. I I, I would absolutely love that. I mean, my husband and I went to a wrestling show in Shortwood, Arkansas over the weekend, and I got to chop this guy three times that was about six foot six. <laughs> they called him Big Lazarus. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, that's like that love-hate relationship, you know, that I would have with Sylvester J. Fox, you know. Hey, I'm back, guys. I don't know what happened to our first guest. So uh, I know what, I know that I do have to call our second guest. So uh, we'll uh, we'll just go with this. And uh, hey, by the way, how uh, your uh, you know this will be what your third show? Is that right? Uh, this is going to be. I believe this is our. Yeah, this is our fourth show. And uh, you guys, uh, you guys have had uh, great responses, uh, uh, and uh, I've been to uh, I've been to both, and I'm going to be at the third one. Uh, uh, we'll call this the trifecta, I guess you could say. But uh, what uh, what uh, what kind of reviews did you guys get for the last show? Uh, I know that the hardcore match was uh, was pretty awesome. It's pretty brutal, I thought. Yeah. Um, well, this- the one we had coming around, a lumberjack match with 
all the lumberjacks actually have axe handles. So really? there's no that you're going to be getting out of this one. So if you end up outside of the ring, you are in for a rule of hurt. So there's nobody coming to save anybody in this one. It is between the two guys in the ring, duking it out to see who is best. Now, hey, hey, Granny, how about that? You come, you could come and be a guest a lumberjack when they throw uh, um, a the box outside the ring. That would be cool. <laughs> That would be cool. And I do, I do apologize, guys. I, uh, I uh, got to grab some quick aspirin here. I uh, had another tooth pulled out today, and uh, I'm uh, suffering the consequences right now of uh, pain. So just take me a second. I'll be right back to you guys. One second. Okay. I, I hate, I hate being in pain, but. Such is life. Speaking of COVID restrictions, how are you guys doing uh, there, Frank? Well, I mean, I'm with me. You know, I've had all me and my son and my husband. We all had our all of our vaccinations. We're all fully vaccinated. I mean, it's kind of slowed down here in Arkansas somewhat for the most part. So. I mean, a lot of places, you know, are still requiring people to wear the mask when they come in their place of business. But, you know, they're saying that if you've been fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear the mask. But, you know, if you have, if you go to a business that requires it, you're just kind of, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. But, you know, so. so you know, we, uh, uh you know, we don't want to spend too much time on COVID because it's been a bad deal. But it's amazing how, uh, you know, things have changed uh, in a year from everybody's freaking out about it to, uh, you know, people starting to embrace wearing a mask and getting uh, vaccinated, you know. Yeah. All right. I'm going to try and get a hold of our first guest again. One second. Well, yeah, let me know. Speaking of the Macho Man, has anybody else seen the documentary on the Macho Man that just came out here? I uh, actually have yet. not. I've been waiting it, though. It's on my bucket list. Uh, well, it, it, it's one definitely to see. There's a lot of controver- uh, controversy behind this one. So it, I, I'm not going to say it was bad, but it definitely paints a a very particular picture of the Macho Man that a lot of people aren't the happiest with. So it's it's definitely a watch. Hmm. All right, let's check it out. Now is that For the sure, one that I love the Macho Man? He was always he was always on one of my favorites. A and E biography or whatever it was. I saw something on Facebook earlier about it today, but. I haven't actually seen it yet, but he, he's always been one of my favorites. Uh, the um, the cream of the crop promo uh, has has always been one of my go-to's. I I, I love that one. Uh, 
Okay, guys, I do have uh, I, I do have our uh, uh, our first guest has a little emergency, so uh, he's not going to be able to join us. But I do have our second guest on. Okay. So uh, what I will do here, uh, I had to call him. So uh, what I'll do here is I will uh, introduce them and I will take them off a hold, and then we'll uh, have fun with them. All right. Mm-hmm. You guys are ready. Okay. All right, and then, uh, hey, uh, Pulpvania guys, if you want to stick around and ask our uh, guests some questions, uh, we can do that as well, all right? Sure. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. Tonight, joining the four-timers club, ladies and gentlemen, she is not only the hottest independent wrestler going today, She's also the hottest burlesque dancer to ever hit any stage in any venue. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one. I give you the only. I give you the beautiful calamity. Kate. Wow, I'm flattered. That was quite the introduction. All right, and you do have uh, you do have your uh, your lines for the uh, liner, correct? Or do I need to send those to you real quick? My line for the what? For for the line that we have you do. Oh, could you send that to me? I'll text that to you real quick. Oh, thank you. All right, let me know when you got it. Then when you got it, you can read it, and we'll uh, have fun with the interview. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, this thing. Okay. Hey, <laughs> this is Tony Cake. Okay. Yep. All right, I'll count you down. Ready? Five, four, three. Two, one. Hey, this is Calamity Kate, and you're listening to the Attitude Era live with hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Holster. Awesome. Uh, so, as you heard, Calamity Kate is our guest. We have uh, 42 minutes here with uh, Kate. Uh, so, uh, should we call you Miss Kate? Should we call you Calamity Kate? Uh, should we call you the Calamity Mania? What should we? How should we address you? Baby, you can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner because I like to eat. <laughs> and I think you also told me not to call you two in the morning again, right? Oh, yeah. Don't do that either. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, okay. So uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask a few questions, and then we'll have uh, Big Swing ask a few questions, and we'll have Granny, and then uh, we have a uh, – uh, an independent uh, wrestling promoter on with us tonight too, and uh, maybe we can get you a gig later on. We'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but first, if you amazing. want to give us a little background about yourself, then we'll uh, have some fun with the interview. Sure. Yeah. So I am uh, I'm Calamity Kate. I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I have been wrestling for about four years, although I'm not counting 2020. <laughs> Um, and, uh, before that, well, and currently I'm, I'm also a burlesque performer, uh, for about 12 years now. Uh, I'm a filmmaker. I don't sleep. I just work all the time. I love fitness. I love my three dogs and I, uh, I'm very happy to be here. That's awesome. Hey, uh, Big Swing, I was going to ask you, is there a way, uh, are we allowed to, uh, 
is there a way to call her through the board? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's always a way. Yeah. When there's a will, there's a way for sure. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't I do this? Why don't I text your number and see if we can call her through the board? Uh, that way it'll sound a little better. Because I mean, I, it sounds I, fine. I, I, I can hear her fine, but okay. Well, I just said I'm doing. I'm just doing a conference call. If I have to cough or mute or something, then you won't be able to hear what she's saying. Oh well, I mean, yeah, whatever you want to do. All right, one second here. I'm sorry about this, Kate. One second here. No problem. All right. Oh, technology is great, isn't it? All right. Always. Yeah. You gotta love technology. The icon and technology are not. Uh, that's why he has me do this stuff. The icon and technology are not good bedfellows. Well, I will say one thing though: when it comes to having to run the board and run the show at the same time, I'm pretty good with that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You can do that, but doing doing more than two things at one time is tough. For one. Right. Okay. What what what, what do we got here? Okay. So. Give it a shout. Boom, boom. Uh, 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 Kate, do you have a way that uh, if another call comes in on your phone, you'd be able to take the call? Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, I'm going to have Big Swing try and call you. Then when the number comes up, you can answer that. Then we'll push you through the board. I think it's ringing now. Hello? There it is. There it is. It's working. Yeah, uh, there we go. Right, See? So technology. I love technology. Okay. Oh, she in the board? Yep, she's on through the Am board. Yep. Yes, she is. All right, there you go. And then, uh, and you disconnected from me. That's perfect. All right, so Look at uh, that. go ahead and start this. So we got uh, Calamity Gators, our guest here. We got 37 minutes. So uh, now I'll ask a question, then we'll go around the room, and then we'll have some fun. Um, so now, are you? Uh, did you start out as burlesque dancer and then a wrestler, a wrestler and a burlesque dancer? Or do they both happen at the same time? You had a job interview for each, and you're like, "Well, I can't give this up." Uh, how, how did that no. come about? No, I actually started wrestling through burlesque. So there was um, a show here in Vancouver called Glam Slam, and it was wrestling meets burlesque, kind of like a lucha Vavoom thing, and. Um, I, my burlesque troupe, the Lost Girls, we got asked to perform and be a part of every Glam Slam show. And then eventually they wanted the burlesque girls to just learn a couple moves just so we could kind of get in and intermingle with the wrestling. And um, so I went to training just expecting to maybe learn a couple things and that's about it. But I fell in love with it. Um, Kenny Lush was, was, uh, gave me my first little bit of training and I was like, this is what I should have been doing my entire life. I, I did Taekwondo as a child and, um, I loved that type of like sport fight choreography type stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just, it felt like, you know, something my body could handle and, and, and like a really cool way to push my body in, that I didn't really experience in burlesque. So um, that's how I first started wrestling uh, was through Glam Slam. And um, I like quickly realized there were a lot of similarities. Like, you know, it's as much as wrestling is fighting and 
and really trying to kick your opponent's ass, there's a huge performance aspect to it that, you know, we all, there's, we all know that. Um, and so I loved the performance and the character and that reminded me of burlesque. And I love just being sexy and wearing sexy little outfits. So that was nice too. So, uh, so I guess it's not as glamorous as uh, you were doing the show and uh, so, someone charged the stage and then you put a, you know, you put them in a chokehold or something and then uh, uh, you had a promotion, uh, a promoter saying, oh my God, she's putting him in a headlock. She should be a wrestler. So it wasn't that, uh, it wasn't that interesting. <laughs> well, no, not really. I mean, I, we did our first match. Uh, it was me and um, this performer named Melody Mangler. And <clears throat> we did our first match against the Hall Sisters, this tag team. And um, wasn't sure what was going to happen after that. But then someone posted our match online and a promoter from Monterey, Mexico, um, uh, Lucha Libre Feminel, LLS contacted me it's like i want to fly you guys to mexico mexico and i was like uh you know that was our first match and we've only been training for three months and we really suck he's like i don't care <laughs> so, uh, so we went to mexico <laughs> and then awesome. i kept wrestling and then i just i was like okay i'm going to take this seriously i you know really just started loving and respecting the sport and the people who came before me and I wanted to be good. I wanted to be as good as them. And so I just kept training and training and training. And I mean, the hard thing is like your body, your body's like, it's like a roller coaster sometimes with your body, you know, like you go through highs and lows and sometimes you're injured and sometimes you you don't have the uh, cardio and you're getting blown up really easily. And then sometimes you're in amazing shape and you're ripping around. And like, that's been one of the toughest things for me is keeping my body in like in ring shape, because that's so different from just being in shape, you know? Right. Uh, so Calamity Gates, Calamity Kate is our guest here. we got uh, 33 minutes here. Uh, now, when you wrestle, because uh, this doesn't really apply to burlesque, but uh, when you wrestle, are you more of a baby face, a heel, an in-between? Are you more what the crowd thinks you are, besides beautiful? Oh, thank you. I'm um, usually a baby face. Although I have, like, when I wrestle with midget warriors, I'm a heel, and I love it. It's so fun. Like, oh, when awesome. do you get to... No, I was going to say, when do you get to just yell at a crowd of people and call them idiots and it's socially acceptable? <laughs> well, it feels I'll tell you so what, good. With that being said, Granny, she's a heel when she beats up on little people. What do you guys for our guest? <laughs> we got 32 minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, Granny does not like the heels, Kate, at all. I can talk oh. some pretty good for smack. So. When you, you know, they, they tell me to sit down and shut up before I break a hip or, you know, have, <laughs> do I have a curfew at the nursing home, you know, things like that. I mean, you know, I mean, I got to chop a, a wrestler Saturday night down in Sherwood, Arkansas at K 
Chaotic Kingdom Wrestling. His name was Big mm. Lazarus. He was probably about six foot six. The referee wasn't going to let me chop him at first, and 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 he said, "No, ref, let her, let her." So I chopped him once in the stomach. I chopped him once oh. a little bit higher, and then I chopped him a third time. And then he's like shaking his head, like, "Okay, yeah." But you know, when he was picking on the guy he was wrestling with, I said, "Hey, you big bully." Why don't you pick on somebody your own size? Why don't you come down here and pick on Granny? <laughs> oh, and the and the Granny chant started. I mean, <laughs> but I guess That's one of awesome. my questions to you, one of my questions to you is, if you had an opportunity to have any kind of dream match you want wanted, who would it be oh. against, and what kind of match would you want? People ask me this a lot, and. You know, I'm I'm developing a documentary about Luna Vachon right now. Oh. I always loved Luna, but I didn't realize how much I loved her until I started doing, like, a ton of research and talking to her family, talking to everyone who knew her. Just, I just, I feel like I personally know her now, and I would love have done a match with her um I think like she's so beautiful and caring like she's got this a beautiful soul and I've seen like video of her like training people and she's so <laughs> like she's so patient and sweet to them and I feel like I like I feel like if we worked together I would learn a lot from her plus she she is the heel of all heels she knows like she knows how to work her gimmick she knows how to cut a promo, and she can work that ring. And she's, she's technically, like, a, a good wrestler, too. So talented. So I would want to do a match with her because I would just, like, study her. <laughs> and I would just learn yeah. from her. And that would be Clammy awesome. Clammy, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have to get you back on before the uh, documentary is released so we can have you pitch that again. That way you can join the yeah. Five Timers Club. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Karen. Do you have another question? No, I'm good. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Big Swing, before we have you ask a question, uh, let's let our guest promoter uh, from Papa Mania uh, ask you a question. Uh, maybe you guys could uh, hook up. We can get you down uh, get you down here to North Dakota for one of their shows. What do you think? Uh, go ahead, Papa oh. Mania. What do you got? Hey there, Icon. Um, yeah. I mean, we have a few shows that we have coming up here. You know, this is this is something I actually have really been wanting to talk about is the Canadian wrestlers and what's happening right now with COVID. That well, it's tell been, us what's going on. Well, what's going on is it's been a whole over a year that we haven't really had any shows and any training because the government has been so strict and there's a strict lockdown. Um, so I've turned, I've turned down a like month long tour around the U S with midget wrestling. I've turned down a show in the UK. I've turned down Mexico. I've turned down Portland. I've turned down Tennessee. I've turned down South Carolina. I've turned down so many shows because I can't leave the country without quarantining. 
both ways. And also it's just been so scary with COVID right now. And I haven't been training as much as I wanted to because everything shut down. So, well, so the what, thing what, is, I'm what? watching all my friends in the U.S. do all these shows and have these training seminars. And then us up here, we're just like sitting here twiddling our thumbs. So I feel like the Canadian wrestlers are we're kind of at a disadvantage right now. And are we going to be behind? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what, Kate, let me ask you this. When things do open up and hopefully, uh, hopefully for, you know, sooner, sooner than later, because, you know, it's, it, you know, I hate to use this, this term, but it's like you're being a prison, prisoner in your own country because you can't go anywhere. But uh, would you be willing to come on down to North Dakota and do a show for us? Hell Yeah. I'll be now, the, I'll be now, on the first plane down there. Now, but now let me ask you, Puffmania guys, would you be willing to do that? Would you let uh, Would you let Calamity, uh, Calamity Kate come and make an appearance and do some uh, autographs? Yeah, that would be great. Amazing. And uh, Calamity, we can do everything we talked about. I'll be your bodyguard and I'll carry your bags and everything, and then you can put that dog oh. collar on me and drag me around everywhere. <laughs> I think, can you carry me as well? I have to keep my energy yeah, for the match. I can. Okay. I can definitely do that. Deal. Uh, Calamity Kate is our guest here. we got 25 minutes. All right, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest? I know that uh, you, you love Canadian wrestlers because you are an edge head, and uh, she's probably giving a hug to edge, and you haven't. But uh, what do you got for our guest, Calamity Kate? Go ahead. Well, I – um. I, she actually kind of answered part of my question um, on her own that she brought up uh, about the about the COVID thing. Um, before you came on with us, I was asking the, the Puffamania guys, you know, how it is in North Dakota uh, with their shows and with the mask mandate and vaccinations and capacity at shows and yada, yada, yada. Uh, it seems to be different down here, state by state by state, uh, and not to – an icon don't you know jump on this or think that this is any anything different than it needs to be but it seems like in certain states uh run by a certain party uh they're a little bit stricter with their mask mandates than other states um and new york being a state that is you know ocean blue for my entire life uh is very very strict still and I know that Canada uh, is is super strict as well because I know that, uh, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays, for example, are playing their home games in Dunedin, Florida. They're not even allowed back in the Rogers Center because they don't want them traveling to play American teams and then coming back home. The Toronto Raptors are playing, you know, uh, out of country. There's, you know, the hockey teams up in Canada, are, are they've changed the division so the Canadian teams are only playing Canadian teams this year. Uh, all sorts of different things. So when you mentioned that it's been super strict with your wrestling shows, um, my initial question was going to be, you know, how is it with with shows and with capacity and all that? But you kind of answered that by saying that you guys haven't been able to do much. Zero. So my, um, Zero. My main, so, so I guess my I, I'm going to switch that over to are things starting to look up a little bit in Canada? Are they starting to loosen up a little bit? Is there is there hope on the horizon or is Canada uh, still kind of a ways away from 
starting to open everything up, you think, based on what you're seeing? I think I think there's hope on the horizon, but honestly, I don't think it's things are going to open up until like maybe next spring. Oh wow! So a year, a year, or, a little under a year. Maybe. Wow. Or maybe like early New Year, um, mm. because I thought things were getting better, and then the government went on a stricter lockdown, and so we're not even allowed to travel outside of our um, health region. Huh. So yeah, I was supposed to get married on Vancouver Island, and I had to cancel my wedding next weekend. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. So it got that See, strict. So because I, I was, was thinking like, well, well, I was thinking like, like with there is a chance. Yeah. Well, maybe I can. Maybe. Um, what I was thinking was <laughs> that maybe you guys could do like what the NHL is doing. And again, if anybody here is a hockey fan and you follow anybody in hockey, you'll know that you know they've changed the divisions specifically. Uh, the U.S. teams, it doesn't really matter much. I mean, the East Coast and the West Coast is pretty much the same. But for the Canadian teams, you know, aren't playing any United States teams. They're only playing each other, uh, which, you know, you, you would think, okay, so they're keeping everything in country. That, you know, that's cool. That's whatever. Uh, kind of impossible to do in baseball since there's only one Canadian team. And same thing in basketball. Um, but but, but yeah. with hockey, yeah. that, you know, that that's possible. So why haven't you guys been able to do shows as long as you stay within Canada and you're not traveling, like you said, you turned down shows in the U.S. and this and that because of, you know, quarantine and whatnot. But why aren't you able to do shows within country like the hockey teams and, and things like that are doing and other, other events in Canada are doing? Well, we're not allowed to have gatherings. So I think hmm. the hockey teams are probably, I don't know if it's an empty I believe it is. I believe it is empty arena. Yes. Yeah. So we could maybe do like a virtual like wrestling show. Yeah, just have it set like up on WWE. film and have almost like a Zoom kind of a thing where people can tune in to watch it, uh, or yeah. go on have it streaming, you know, a live stream on the internet and have it in an empty arena. Um, but but I could I, I don't see why it wouldn't be possible. That's a great idea. Yeah, but will people watch it? Maybe. Um, I yeah. think the same people, I think at this point, it, it, as strict as Canada, as you claim that Canada has been, I think people are, are jonesing for something. And if you give them yeah. something that makes them feel nostalgic, something that makes them feel like, you know, something that they enjoyed before this whole COVID thing hit. If you said, hey, listen, we, we know it sucks. We know you guys are bored at home. You know, you can't do much. While you have to sit home, we're gonna put we're gonna sacrifice ourselves and our health and whatever you know message you need to give to them uh, to to entertain you guys. Uh, and you know you you could probably honestly you could probably even charge for it. I think people may even purchase it at this point as long as it's not an obscene price, just because they're probably jonesing so much to see something like that. Um, but again, if you wanted to be yeah. uh, humanitarian, you could do it for free. But I'm just saying, like, I, I think having something live streamed on YouTube or live streamed somewhere uh, would get massive numbers because people can't go out and see it for themselves. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Me and some some local girls, we were recording some customs over the okay. pandemic before lockdown got even stricter. But uh, that was, like, a good way to keep 
wrestling, keep doing matches, mm. um, while make, making some actually pretty decent money. Uh, nothing, nothing perverted, just straight on, like, yeah, straight on real wrestling, uh, like kind of old school. And, um, yeah, like that was great because at least we felt fulfilled, you know. So, yeah, maybe that's something that we should look into doing. You're right. We should do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calamity Kate is our guest here. We have uh, 19 minutes with uh, Kate. So now I'm going to ask you a few of the tougher questions. Um, and Ooh. Fans, of course, we were Bring it on. And uh, uh, as our fans also know, we do have a um, – we do have a contest going on right now. Uh, anybody that goes on our uh, Off the Rose page on Facebook uh, and likes it, starting at the end of the show to the beginning of the next show, automatically qualifies for our December uh, giveaway uh, to win a uh, an autograph from either one of this week's guests or one of the previous week's guests. And I know that uh, uh, I know that Kate is going to be sending us a few autographs for giveaways as well, uh, which will be awesome. And uh, Whenever you get a chance to do that, that'd be awesome. But uh, now, you know, we, we talked we talked a lot about uh, your wrestling career, but uh, you know, you also you are also a burlesque dancer, which means that um, you, uh, which is not total nudity, obviously. Uh, can you tell us the difference between uh, being a uh, exotic dancer and a burlesque dancer? to kind of clarify, sure. I know what it is, but for our fans, let us know the difference. Sure. Yeah. I mean, re- like on the surface, I don't think there is a big difference between say, you know, being a stripper or a peeler and a burlesque performer. I mean, they're both strip tees. We strip down to a, like a G string and pasties. Where, uh, you know, peeler, we call them peelers up here. <laughs> My parents used to own a strip bar growing up <laughs> and it was called, people called it the peelers all the time. Um, <laughs> but uh, the peelers here at least get buck naked. So that's, you know, a difference. Um, I think, you know, another big difference is usually with burlesque, um, we there is more of a storytelling element there is more of a costume element and and character element and also like the fun ways of um like removing clothing like you'll we'll usually try and find creative ways to like do a what we call a reveal so like i might take this jacket off and reveal this big long dress underneath or like you know um so that's always really fun, and I find in our audiences there's usually more women than men. So um, I think women feel like it's a bit more accessible because it's burlesque is a celebration of all body types, and so you'll see your body type on stage and someone really feeling themselves, feeling sexy, getting cheered on, and they look just like you which, um, you know, what woman wouldn't love to see that? Um, Whereas traditionally the peelers are, you know, a traditional kind of beautiful body type, uh, like a mainstream kind of beautiful, where burlesque really celebrates everyone. 
Um, and uh, another big difference is, you know, I heard someone say this and I thought, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, burlesque is all about the woman who's performing on stage. It's, it's like all about her fantasy and she's living her own fantasy, which is really empowering. And I think, you know, women love seeing that as well. Um, whereas the healers, it's maybe more about the me- the men in the audience's fantasy, which is also fine. Um, that's how that's how they get paid and make their money. And hey, good on them for doing that. Um, so yeah, so there are there are definitely differences, and I think I think strippers are amazing and talented and awesome people. And I, I've seen a lot of like slut shaming around them, and I think that's so unfair because it's a job. (laughs) It's a job at the end of the day. Um, Yeah. And like they're empowered in their own way and burlesque performers are empowered in a different way. Uh, Calamity Kate is our guest here. We got 14 minutes. Uh, I do want to ask you about a couple of the shows that you do. So uh, that are kind of cool. Because I'll admit I am a fan. Uh, As a matter of fact, everybody would know that. but uh, I haven't seen you live yet. But uh, maybe when we get, if we can get you down to North Dakota, this is one thing you can do live. Is it true that uh, one of your um, one of your shows that you do, you like get busy with some type of grinder or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I actually sometimes I do that for my wrestling entrance too. So I I got this metal bikini made, and I have a grinder. <laughs> And I grind myself. <laughs> an, an axle, was it an axle grinder? An angle grinder, sorry. Uh, it sparks fly. And I also have an act where I light my nipple tassels on fire and spin them around. And that's really okay, fun. So I, I'm, I'm going to ask you more about that in a second. So now <laughs> uh, for uh, fans here in, uh, in the States here, uh, so is that grinder, is it a Benfer 2000? I don't know. I got it from Home Depot. <laughs> How okay. unsexy uh, is that? Right. Did Did you guys uh, Did you guys catch the Home Improvement reference there? Did you guys catch that? Oh, I, I did. I, I didn't say anything. I, I tried to ignore it. Well, you were supposed to hit. That's when you were supposed to hit the music, the thing. Oh, oh, yeah. The button. Well, no, that that one wasn't blatant enough for that button. Sometimes, sometimes oh, okay. I I save those. I save those for your really bad jokes at the end of the show. All right. So now we can ask the Pulvermania guys, wouldn't it be cool to have a burlesque dancer come out, do a dance, and then grind off her bikini before she had a match? Wouldn't that be awesome, guys? I mean, there's a future for everything, and, you know, that's crazier things have happened in the PWA. <laughs> that's awesome. Is it a family-friendly uh, show? Well, it it is, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's not like you're going to be nude or anything. Uh, no, I mean, just you know, just grinding. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I could be the guest ring announcer for you. You could say, and now here comes Glenny Cage. She's going to teach us how to use a grinder in the home improvement section of the show. You know, something like that. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Now, uh, there, there's another uh, part that you do. Uh, I, I think it's called your fire show. I mean, you mentioned you, you set your tassel on fire, but don't you, like, do some 
spinning thing was from Fire 2 or something as well? I do fire fans, huh. and, but I light them on fire and fling them around. and um, Interesting. Yeah, then, yeah, and the castles, and yeah, that's about it. I so, like fire um, a lot. So, so is your is so is your theme song "Light My Fire"? Ooh, that's a good one. I should I should do go. that. Yeah. Uh, do, do, well, you have your own theme song, don't you? Or what is your theme song? Um, it changes sometimes, but I I used to come out to this song by I don't know if you've ever heard of Peaches. She's amazing. Uh, and she has a song called The Girls Want to Be Her, or The Boys Want to Be Her, sorry. And um, and then I've come out a lot to kickstart my heart because who doesn't love, like, a good 80s hair metal, is it 90s hair metal, like, just headbanging song? <laughs> that song pumps me up a lot. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to add that song to my playlist so I can check it out. That's you know, I was always told, you know, you never ask a uh, a gal for what her age is, but how old are you? Oh, I'm uh, somewhere in my 20s. So, uh, Still a baby. Were, um, yeah. So the 80s, so you weren't really around in the 80s then, right? Or you? No. No, I mean, they looked amazing. You know, it's like, you know, 80s, you know, they say is the, uh, you know, is the year of the hair bands, of course. Of course, none of those artists have hair like that anymore. Uh, no, but, don't. you know. Uh, uh, Calamity Cage is our guest here. We have, uh, you know, we have 10 minutes here left. So, you know, I, I know, unfortunately, you mentioned that uh, you, uh, you guys can't do any shows, but... How many shows would you say that you've lost because of uh, all that's going on over there? Oh, my God. A lot, probably. Yeah. It's so sad. And, you know, like, seeing Canadian wrestlers really talk about this. Because I, it's, like, hurting me. Every time I'm seeing my friends post their their shows online, I'm, like, so happy for them. But it's really hurting me deep down inside. And, I'm wondering how other Canadian wrestlers are feeling. If there's any like Canadians listening, maybe comment on the social media and and let us know how how you're taking this. Because well, how I'm the, how, how would the quarantine work? Like, is it only 14 days or is it 10 days? Because was, you know, if you wanted to go on a campaign, uh, you know, it, it, let's say you didn't want to just do the Zoom thing, you actually did, you know, have the urge to compete in front of a live audience. You come down to the U.S., you, um, you know, you quarantine, whatever, for, I don't, I don't know how long it is anymore, but however long I you need to do it, and then, and then you go on a, uh, a stretch of shows, you, you, you wrestle in several different states, you know, and, and you do, you know, you, you, you get your, you get your fix, and then you go back to Canada, and whatever, like, like, do you have the capability of possibly, you know, staying yeah. down here for a stretch of time, or, or no? Well, I thought of doing that, actually, um, but this, what happened, so I actually was, like, the promoter was just about to book my flight to Tennessee, so I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go do it, um, and then they changed the rules again, so what, now when you're coming back into Canada, you have to book 
a hotel room and quarantine hmm. in the hotel room. And you have oh, to wow. get a test, which is like $300. So it's like costing you $2,000. So hmm. I don't know if I would like make enough money to do that and to have to like spend all that time quarantining. But once I get fully vaccinated, I don't have to quarantine in the U.S. So maybe once that happens, um, I'll, I will think, I will look into doing that. The other thing is like, in the meantime, when I'm not wrestling, I have to work a job. Mm. So like, it's, it's been really tough, but um, I feel like I'm, I'm a negative Nancy tonight. (laughs) No, you're fine. This is actually, uh, this is actually really interesting to me because you see Canada being, you know, yes, it has different sections and provinces and things, um, but it's, you know, it's all one unified country and, you know, the, 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 the restrictions and things that you're dealing with, you know, out in British Columbia are the same restrictions and things that they're dealing with in Nova Scotia. You know, I mean, it's the mm-hmm. same all the way around. Whereas in the U S as I was mentioning before to the Puffer media guys, you know, where, where Icon and the Puffermania guys were located, they're pretty much free and clear. I mean, yes, they've done right. good with their vaccinations, but they don't need the masks in public really much anymore. The COVID stuff's really over. The bars and stuff are open and everything's going on well. You know, you go to Florida, you go to Texas, you go to Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia. It's wide open as if COVID's not even a thing. I mean, these bars yeah. and clubs are packing yeah. people in, no masks. I mean, it's, it's, almost like, um, it's almost like life was beforehand um you go north of the mason dixon yeah you go north of the mason dixon line and you know you get the whole northeast i mean massachusetts is like nazi germany at this point um you know new york is very strict still new jersey's the same way so you know and these places are are basically telling you you know they want you to wear your mask driving your car by yourself you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. you, you know, you, the, 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 the bars can only have, you know, 20 patrons at a time and it has to be like 10 feet apart and all this. The rest of the country is going about it like it never happened. So for like one example, oh, exactly. I, 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 I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan. They're going to put 90,000 people in their stadium for their home wow. opener. Okay, yeah, because Texas doesn't care, you know. So, 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 so they're they're, they're going to put ninety thousand people in their stadium for their home opener. You go to a New York Giants game in Manhattan, and and they're allowed like fifteen percent capacity or something of a sixty-five thousand or eighty thousand seat stadium. You're going to have like you know maybe five thousand people in there. So it's it's much much different all over the country. Whereas in Canada, I, I kind of like the fact that, you know, you got one plan, you're sticking to it. So if the plans suck, yes, but now you don't, yes. have, now you don't have all the dissension of people going, well, hell, my cousin lives in Florida, and, you know, they're going out to the club yeah. and the bar till 4 in the morning with no mask. Why do I have to be stuck in my house? Like, why, well, what, 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 you know, and, and it, it's not leading to dissension and people starting to, you know, uh, have unrest in certain states that are restricted when other states are not, you know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. So in a way, yes, it sucks, but in a way I, I would rather have the U.S. be one way um, or, or, you know, instead of having every state be different. So, so I do kind of well, like that uh, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, here the restaurants aren't even open. You can't even step into a restaurant. It's like yeah. that strict right now, but 
mm-hmm. also toll in Canada is much lower than the oh, U.S. Yes. And, like, for me, I'd rather my grandmother still be alive. Like, I, I can't wrestle for a year. That sucks. But, you know, oh, I'd yes. rather my loved ones still be here. And I, like, thank God, knock on wood, I haven't gotten COVID at all. Yeah, so, well, like, and you know, that's the thing, though, like... Like, like I'm sitting in New York, and I'm, you know, that that's where the station is, is, is uh, the radio station that we're on is based out of. I'm sitting here in New York, and, you know, like I said, they have certain places where, you know, mask on the entire time, even when sitting down, you have a certain capacity number, you have this, you have that. But you could have a family member living in Texas or Florida or Louisiana or wherever, and it's like COVID is not even a thing anymore. So mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at it as a couple of different reasons. Well, okay, I'm concerned for my family member who's around people who, you know, are just back to normal, basically. But I'm also kind of like, hey, this sucks. I don't want to wear a mask. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Why do they get to do it and I don't? So, I mean, I, I kind of understand, you know, yes, it sucks. And I think Canada... Um, I mean, and no offense to you or anything, but I, I definitely think that Canada's maybe going a little too far with it. Um, but I would much rather have it all be one way than have, you know, 50 states with 50 different policies and people starting to fight with each other about it. Because, you know, you're, you're going to find people in these open, quote unquote, open who still don't agree with the state being open and they're going to, you know, it leads to arguments on the street and in stores and this and that and on social media and it's dividing us more and more whereas, yes, Canada, the people might be upset about it, but they're all unified as one. They're all dealing with the same thing. So it, We're it's, all uh, hating it together. Yay. Exactly. <laughs> whereas the U.S., half the country's hating it, half the country's out partying like it's not a, a thing anymore. So oh, yeah. it's really, it's yeah. really weird. Yeah, it's really strange. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. Uh, Calamity Gates, uh, Calamity Gates, our guest here. We got about. We uh, do have a five hundred seven on Icon. They've been on. They've been on hold now for uh, a little while. I don't know if that's our third guest or what, but I'm just letting you know they are on. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Kate. I mean, no rush. I'm just telling you, they are. They are on. They are in the queue. Okay, that's fine. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Kate. We do appreciate uh, you joining us tonight. You're awesome. And uh, when you. Uh, you get close. When you get closer to uh, releasing that documentary and finishing it, we'll definitely have you back on again. And uh, hopefully by the time the public media guys have the next uh, show or two, we can get you uh, uh, down here to make a great guest appearance. I think you'd be awesome for them. Oh, that'd be amazing. I cannot wait. I can't wait to get back in that ring, kick some ass. I- I'm and so excited, thing, guys. I'll- yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take care of your hotel uh, accommodations because uh, I have wow. uh, I have a couple uh, have a couple connections out here. All you gotta do is get down here and I'll take care of you. Thank you. That sounds amazing. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Calamity Kate's our guest. We do appreciate it, and uh, we we thank you for all you do. And I'll be in contact with you. Send us what autographs you can, and you are super cool. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Have a good night. You as well. Yep. Stay safe. Oh, we'll try. Bye. All <laughs> right. Calamity Kate, ladies and gentlemen. So our next guest should be a 507 number. Yes, correct. Minnesota. All right. Yeah, All right. If you want I'm going to put them through. Yep. All right. 
ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is Mr. Funny Man himself, and I cannot wait to have him crack us up. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the king of WrestleMania. He is John Russell. Hey, this is John Russell. You're listening to the Attitude Era live with the host, the icon, the big swinging granny Hulkster. How you doing, guys? Hey, John, how's it going? Good. Thank you for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. It is awesome. I am calling you directly from where I usually spend most of my time in my car. Uh, things are things are great here in the car. I got to be honest with you. Um, so you're yeah, quarantined in your car? <laughs> no, I, I I I tell you what, I was listening to Calamity Kate and you guys talking. I've actually been pretty lucky uh, lately uh, in that comedy has been opening up quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to wrestling, and wrestling here in the Midwest has been opening up a little bit too. I know things are different in Canada. Uh, I was in Alaska. Uh, two weeks ago doing some shows in Anchorage and Wasilla, and all the people in Alaska are just pissed at everybody in Canada because Canada has uh, disallowed cruise ships, and that's a lot of their tourism money. So, um, yeah, it's just it's weird. But I've been, I've been uh, in, the, in the last month, I've been to five states uh, doing shows. So um, I'm have you noticed, have you noticed each state's a little bit, have you noticed each state's a little bit different? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, every state is different. I mean, so Minnesota, uh, which we, which we uh, <laughs> whether you like it or hate it, uh, we, we like to refer to it as the People's Republic. Uh, okay. Minnesota is like, uh, in, in Minneapolis proper, it's still very, very restricted. But as you get mm-hmm. further out uh, into outstate, people are, people are uh, less likely to go around masks. Um, mm. For the last 20 years, I've been the announcer for the kindergarten through eighth grade uh, state wrestling tournament here in Minnesota. Last year, of course, mm. we didn't have it. Uh, it's usually in Rochester, Minnesota. This year, they did not let them have it. So, uh, because a lot of the schools are out in southwest Minnesota, they said, well, we do a lot of our stuff, you know, proms and that kind of stuff over in Sioux Falls. So, they had the uh, wrestling tournament in Sioux Falls this year. Mm. And Went over there, nobody's wearing masks. Unless you're working at at, at a place, because then they're they're told you gotta wear a mask. Yeah, well the, the well the crazy thing is like you mentioned comedy. Uh, a lot of those comedy clubs, um I, I don't know if, if the ones out by you, you know, serve alcohol or have food or anything, but um like here in New York, it's weird because a place that is like I, I'm gonna say, for example, I have a buddy of mine who works works at a strip club, and there is a in New York State. Um, to be fully nude at a strip club, you have to be a juice bar. You cannot serve alcohol, so it's only soda water, Red Bull, Snapple, whatever. They have to wear the mask the entire time, even when sitting down. The girls on stage, fully nude with a mask on. Same thing in the private dances. Their capacity number is only a quarter. Now they're allowed to be open late. They're, they're allowed to be open until 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., depending on the day of the week, um, but they have to have the mass and, and the capacity number. Whereas a club that serves alcohol, you have to wear your mask when standing up and walking around, but if you sit at the bar or sit at the stage or sitting down, you can take it off, but they also have to close at midnight so instead of at 2 or at 4. 
So, and the same things with the restaurants, um, same things with, you know, um, concert venues and things like that. Um, and what we're dealing with now is, you know, concert venues for the summertime want to open up, but now they're saying in New York State, if you've been fully vaccinated, you don't need the mask. But then that raises the question of HIPAA violation. You can't ask somebody their medical history. So how are they going to enforce it and say, hey, have you been vaccinated? Any any common sense person could go, yeah, I was vaccinated. It's cool, you know, because they don't want to wear the damn mask. So now they're going to have to force people to show these ID cards, these vaccination cards, uh, kind of like they would show a license kind of a thing. So it, it's creating some dissension there. But then what I was telling Kate was I have family in Florida and Florida's going about it like like COVID's not even a thing. I mean, yeah, at public play, uh, you know, corporations like Walmart and Target and Publix and things, you still have to wear it as an employee or, or if the store mandates it or whatever. But, you know, you go out to the bar, to the restaurant or to the club, nobody has it on. You're walking down the street, nobody has it on, this and that. And and they're treating it like, you know, hey, you know, it's it's only at 1%. We have, you know, 100 new cases in the state. COVID's over. We're done with it. You know, Texas is the same way. The Pretty much the whole South is the same way. But then you get up north in the Northeast, and and it's 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 locked down where they don't even you know want you driving in your car by yourself without it on. So this country is 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 so divided and so different on their policies and the regulations. And kind of what I was telling Kate was like, yeah, what Canada's doing kind of sucks, but they're all unified. She's way out in British Columbia, and and they have the same restrictions as the people in Montreal. So it's all one unified thing. So. This country is a little wacky with that, and I guess with um with your comedy, I guess the main question would be: Has it affected your shows in terms of at certain states, your crowd is limited? You can only have a certain capacity at your at your shows, whereas you can have a packed. Let's say you do a show in Texas, you have a packed house, and then let's say you do a show in New Jersey, and you only have you know forty people in there, kind of a thing. Like like is it is it different? Have you have you run into that and it's been affecting your your crowd outcome or or how is that working for you with, with the comedy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, obviously some of the states have had different uh, regulations as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you. We should have been the same or uh, it should have been all or none. Uh, in my opinion, I'm with you. We would have because mm-hmm. we, we have a, a we have a federal we have a federal policy. But yet the state governments get to override the federal based on what the state wants to do. And it, it's like it, have one policy or have no policy. Me personally, I, I'm like I'm over it. Like I, I, I don't have it. I've gotten the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. I, I'd rather just us open up and, you know, whatever. But some people are still like, oh, my God, you know, you have to wear the mask. Like, like we're, we're still doing it. We're still going through it. There is still that fear culture up here in New York. But, you know, I would rather I would rather be told, okay, you have to wear this at all times. And I'd just be like, look, it's the law, whatever. I'm not going to, you know, get a ticket and fight it. It sucks, but I got to do it. Instead of me looking at my family members who, who don't have to do all the things that I have to do and go, well, well why don't I just move to Florida then? Like, 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 why am I living up here in, in New York State where I can't do anything when my family is living their living the best life down in Florida? And it's, it's you know, so it's just, it's, it's really wacky to me, this, this whole whole thing going on right now. It really is. But anyway, Icona, I, I know you have uh, some questions you've been dying to ask. So 
I'll try not to be too well, long-winded. Uh, you, can, you can jump on. Uh, uh, well, of course, you, you stole you stole the the complete order of how we're supposed to go with this. But anyway, we'll uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> Uh, we have, uh, we have John Russell's our guest here. We have, mm-hmm. uh, 36 minutes here with John. Uh, so John, you've been, uh, how long have you been doing, uh, uh, the comedy, uh, thing? So I started doing comedy in 2007. Um, before that I was in radio for 17 years. So I started comedy way, way late in life. Uh, if I had a brain in my head, I would have started while I was still in radio. Uh, mm. Because then I would have got free promotion, you know. Um, yeah. I know some guys up here in Minneapolis that are on a sports talk uh, station, and they'll go out and do shows, and they pack the house. And they're not idiots, right? They're not. They're not professional comedians. So what they do is they'll go out, they'll do a couple of spots, ten, fifteen minutes each, and then they bring a, a pro to come in and close the show, and everybody's mm. happy. Uh, so I wish I would have done that, but I didn't know, right? Uh, but I've been I've been uh, I've been doing it uh, full time since uh, about 2010. Uh, took me took me about three years to get to the point where I could actually uh, make a living off of it. Because uh, you know when you start you got to start down at the but it's very similar to wrestling, right? Where as an indie wrestler you're out making 25 bucks for a show. I mean it's kind of what you're doing in comedy as well. So it took me about three years to get to the point where I could make a uh, have steady bookings and make enough to live off of. Well, you know, it, you know, it's amazing. You know, you ma- you mentioned that you started late, but I mean, look at some of the great entertainers of our time that started late. Uh, you know, um, you take the guy that sang uh, the most beautiful girl in the in the world and uh, behind closed doors. You know, uh, he got the nickname Silver Fox because he started so late. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, when you think about it, uh, when whenever your starting point is, uh, you know, the faster you get to where you want to go, uh, you know, then you reap the benefits, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it, it, so, so the only difference is, like, if I would have if I would have started when I was in my 20s, like a lot of the guys that I know, and I'm fortunate I can bring them along with me to do shows. When you're in your 20s and you start doing this, you have a little bit of leeway. You got some, you, you know, you can. I don't know if you can swear on you. But you have a chance to screw up, okay, and not have it hurt you. Whereas if you're older, you don't get as many chances. And so, I learned really quickly that I have to kind of, I have to kind of be very careful with what I do. Um, in terms of dealing with the uh, club owners and the bookers and that kind of thing, because you know, if I screw up and get you know and have a major booker ban me for full three years, I'm screwed. Mm. Exactly. Uh, John Rose is our guest here. We got uh, 33 minutes here with John. Uh, so, what I want to ask you about is, you know, we 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 talked about COVID, and uh, you know, we already went through that, but. Uh, you do have uh, you do have an interesting show coming up this weekend, don't you? Yeah, we're actually going to be up in Fargo at the uh, Stone Event Center, which apparently, so I don't I don't know a lot about it. I know the address, okay, six thirteen, whatever it is, MP Drive, I think it is. And uh, and and the only reason that I'm familiar with it is because back in 1993, I believe it was or four. 
Um, it was a dinner theater called the Black Swan Dinner Theater, and I worked there. I did I did a couple shows there as well um, when I was in radio. So it's kind of interesting that it's in the same building. But uh, we got uh, I'm I'm the middle act uh, in this show. Uh, I'm bringing a fellow named D'Angelo Funches with me from Rochester, Minnesota, and our headliner is Mark Poulos, uh, who's been seen on. He's got a dry bar comedy special. He's been on. Uh, uh, oh, I can't think of it now because I'm not promoting him. I'm promoting myself. You know how that's how it is. Uh, mm, right. He's been uh, live at Gotham. He was on live at Gotham. That's uh, that was his uh, and, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, I've worked with Mark a lot. Uh, he's he's been uh, he's been at it over 25 years and he's very very funny. So it's a great show. It's not that expensive, uh, and I think it's the first comedy show that's going to be in that venue. It is, as a matter of fact. And uh, do you know how much tickets are and what time the show starts and uh, how long you guys plan on going? Uh, I think we're probably looking at about a 90-minute uh, show to uh, uh, yeah, 90 minutes to two hours. Uh, and let's see here. I'll tell you what the tickets are. I think they are $20 a piece. All right. And what time does the show start? 8 o'clock. All right. Um, so uh, it's just one night, right? Are you are you, gonna, are you doing a double shot? For one night, um, my understanding is uh, through the booker that the the gentleman that bought this uh, performance space, he also uses it for weddings and other events. I think he actually had. Uh, well, you mean oh, you're, you're up there for a wrestling uh, wrestling uh, event up there as well. Um, but my understanding was that he bought the uh, bought the venue prior to COVID, so he's been kind of taking in shorts the whole time. Um, and this is again, this is going to be the first comedy show that he's doing with this Booker. So I think it's just it's it's also kind of a test to see how things go in that venue because I know that there are there are a couple other places that do that do and have done comedy um, in Rochester or right uh, in Fargo. God, pardon me. I don't know where I am 90% of the time. Uh, John Russell's our guest here. we got about uh, 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean, we used to have a couple of great comedy clubs. You know, we had Courtney's, and then we had uh, Tickles, but they all closed, obviously. Uh, yeah. Did you ever perform either one of those places? I did. I, I performed at Courtney's twice. Uh, I performed at, uh, and after they closed and moved it to, uh, what was it called, Level 2 over at the old Radisson. Uh, performed right. over there. I was uh, a couple of years ago. I was at Bar Nine in West Fargo. Um, so I've I've done we, we did stuff. I, I've done stuff in some of the smaller towns too. We did a fundraiser for uh, uh, what is it? I think I think uh, one of the, one of the rural uh, high schools uh, up up uh, in Harwood at, at the barn at Burntown. We were so hot we burned down uh, the barn, baby. And when you. Uh... When you did uh, Courtney's, was the promoter was it uh, uh, was it uh, Fred or was it uh, Jerry? Uh, so I didn't I didn't work there back that far. Uh, so when I worked it, uh, I worked for uh, Funny Business was booking it. Uh, Funny Business Agency out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, and they had taken over after I believe Ken Muller and Comedy Productions, who was out of Sioux. Uh, city, 
Um, so I didn't work for Ken. Or, uh, 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 or sorry, uh, I didn't work for Fred. Never worked for Fred. Although when I worked in radio up there in Fargo at Q98, when Courtney's open, uh, we we had a. I remember having a lot of the comedians come into the studio and and uh, do interviews uh, before the weekend shows. So uh, working for Q98, you probably heard of the Ben and Jim show too as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I did a lot. Well, did a lot of stuff with those guys. Uh, I was the, uh, I was in the sales department, did production and, uh, gosh, in fact, uh, last time I was up there doing a show at Courtney's, uh, Jim came out and, uh, it was nice to see him. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he, uh, he owns a radio station now, 103.9, the truck, uh, that's yeah. a free plug, uh, and, uh, still going strong there. And, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, I did see you a couple times at Courtney's because I was uh, uh, the producer for the Ben and Jim show when they owned Real Radio. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So uh, uh, we have uh, John Russell guest here. we got 28 minutes. Uh, let's see. Granny, you got a question for our guest here? Uh, I'm just enjoying this interview. I'm going to let you handle it, Icon. Okay. All right. Uh, well, let's see. How about the public meeting, guys? You guys got any questions? That would be no. Uh, so, all right. Well, here's what we'll do then. I'll ask you a few questions, and if uh, Big Swing's got a few more, uh, well, I, I guess it's just the two of us uh, on a, you know, we got four wheels here. Two have fallen off, so I guess they're just uh, uh, me and the spare, I guess. Uh, so let me ask you a few uh, comedy questions here for you, and yeah. uh, we've had a few comedians on in the in the past. One thing I do want to ask: so, didn't you uh, once open up for the uh, Aflac guy? I did. I, yeah, in fact, I've opened for. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough to open for Gilbert to, uh, for Gilbert Godfrey for two years, um, and uh, God, I mean, just so awesome to be able to work with somebody like that who's so well known. Uh, and the interesting thing about it is that he is nothing like that character that he portrays on stage. Um, I, I, uh, I am for six seconds. I am in his documentary. That's, uh, that's on, uh, that's on, I think Amazon prime. Um, and, uh, he's very soft spoken off stage. Um, and you know, one of my favorite stories to tell in, in, it, it's just, it's so cool to me. Um, after the first year that I opened for him, he's selling his merch. He's had a, he has a book, and it's called Rubber Balls and Liquor. Imagine that. Yes, yes, I remember and, that. Uh, yeah, and so uh, I wanted to get a book from him because I've worked for other people, and I had sort of screwed up and not gotten, gotten books from him. So I waited until all the fans had, had gone through, I said, Gilbert, I'd love to get a book from you. I really appreciate working with you. It's a real treat for me to work with somebody who I've I've watched and 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 you know have great respect for. And he, in this very meek voice, says, "Well, oh, that's so very nice of you. I I I, I really appreciate that." And then I told him, "We well, don't have to cry about it." And then he immediately goes back into character and says, "Hey, get the fuck out of the way. I'm trying to sell some merch." So. That's funny. I, I I love the fact that he was he was real with me and then switched it right back and and it just I mean that's that's one of the one of the 
great stories um, is that I've been fortunate enough to have these experiences doing comedy for for uh, as long as I've been doing them. Well, can you let us know uh, some of the other big names that you uh, that you opened for or that you did comedy with? Uh, well, okay, so I'll run through a, a list. Some of them you may know, some of them you may not, because a lot of times, it's, you know, there are so many comedians nowadays that have had um, big credits and stuff on with Netflix and Comedy Dynamics and Dry Bar all, all putting people on. But uh, I opened for Pauly Shore, uh, Dick. Um, <laughs> I opened for, oh, total, total. Uh, that's a whole other thing. Uh, I opened for a guy named Moshe Kasher, uh, who was on the uh, Chelsea Handler show on a regular basis. He was awesome. Uh, and I also, uh, let's see, who else? Uh, Jeff Cesario, who was one of the writers on the uh, Gary Shandling show. Uh, and, uh, oh, God, who else? Um, a guy named Guy Tory, who was on the... Uh, uh, I believe on the second uh, Kings of Comedy uh, lineup. Uh, and then I was very fortunate to open uh, for the Impractical Jokers on their second live show that they did. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, people that don't know, uh, this is John Ruff. We have 23 minutes. You know, you mentioned you started out radio here in Fargo, and then you uh, – migrated to the cities where most of the uh, top DJs from Fargo go is the cities like you and Dave Lee and a, a few others. But uh, see, uh, the thing is I, I'm working on getting uh, to that next level. Uh, but for some reason, there's like this big weight on my shoulders that I can't lift off uh, to give me the next level, but I'm working on it. But uh, for those of you, for those that are listening out there that uh, are trying to, uh, making the comedy or aren't comedy or trying to get to the next level, what advice would you give them? Well, <clears throat> I'll tell you, there's, there's, it, 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 the hard part about comedy is that there is no real roadmap for success, right? And, and everybody's path is a little bit different. There are people who are just naturals. Uh, there are people who are funny, uh, but have to, but still have to work at it. Uh, and there are people who are not funny, but can work themselves into it. I think anybody that wants to can, can succeed. Um, but the, the, the main thing I think is foremost, try to be funny. Uh, and I would, I, I would steer anybody away from initially. So, so what you're going to have is, Initially, when you start doing comedy, everybody seems to write dirty, right, because it's easier. And what I found out quick was that the way to get paid is to not be dirty. Um, and so I, I encourage people, write clean, and then if you need to, you can throw uh, uh, an F-bomb in there if you need to. Like if you're working at a bar uh, where you got a bunch of people that are drinking and rowdy, you can throw in swear words and make your act, make your act dirty, but if you're in a corporate and one of the jokes hinges on an F bomb, you're gonna get fired real quick. So um, that's one of the main things. The other thing is, aside from all that, there is just as many politics in comedy 
as there are in radio or any other job for that matter. The problem is that you don't know how to get around them because it's um, mm. so. For example, if if uh, so, if, here's a great example. All right, so not a lot of people get to go up and do comedy in Alaska. All right, and it's an awesome. It's a, it's a bucket list thing, right? So I get booked to go up to Alaska, and immediately I get a bunch of people asking me, "How do you, how, how did you get that? Where you know?" And and so it's you, you kind of have to be careful because as much as you want to help people, um, it's not reciprocal, you know. And so it becomes very very difficult. You have to know how to how to kind of be political in a way, um, and 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 you also have to be able to know how to be political with bookers. Um, and this is one of the hard things is again because comedy is so much like wrestling, right? You want to give people a referral, but you're not going to stick your neck out for somebody that you don't trust. Um, and it's very similar. Like wrestlers want to protect the business. Um, comedians need to do that too. And so what happens is we have comedians who are not probably good. So if they don't get booked, they get mad and they go out and start booking their own shows, which there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is that they take a venue that was warm on comedy and they're not capable of doing a full show. And then the person that booked it says, wow, I don't think I'm going to do that again. So I don't know. I didn't really give you a compressed answer there, but there's, there's, I, I guess the compressed answer would be there's way more um, involved in becoming successful in comedy than just being funny. Well, when you look at some of the best comics, like in my opinion, I'm a huge, you know, George Carlin fan. I love, you know, the old Eddie Murphys. I love, you know, a lot of uh, the guys you listen to nowadays, um, Bill Burr and, and the uh, Louis C.K. guys like that. But if you look at the richest, most wealthiest, probably, fa- you know, most famous um, stand-ups of all time was arguably Jerry Seinfeld. And he didn't. You know, he, he, I don't even think he said, you know, heck, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he was a clean comic and, and you look at the popularity and success that he's had. And I think he's the model behind a lot of that. Do I think it's super funny? No, but that's not my sense of humor. But I mean, in terms of, of, I mean, he could play absolutely anywhere, you know, whereas a guy like Carlin in his later days couldn't really play mostly anywhere because it was too edgy and too whatever. So I, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and here's the interesting take. Brian Regan is another one that uh, that not a lot of people know, but he is a he is a clean comedian, and the the guys that are clean command the most money simply because, you know, uh, a corporate uh, a corporate event will pay them thousands and thousands of dollars uh, to come in and do their act uh, and not offend anybody. Uh, whereas George Carlin, on the other hand, if you go back to his really, really early stuff in the 60s, uh, before he had a beard, he had a, he wore a suit, he had slicked back hair, but he was still funny. And he grew that audience, and that's the way you get to, you get to say whatever you want. And that's what George Carlin did, and that's what Dave Chappelle has done as well to a degree, is that you build an audience, they don't care what you're doing, and, and arguably – Later in George Carlin's life, he wasn't nearly as funny, but he was being more authentic and political and giving his opinions. People didn't give a shit. They wanted to hear him. They wanted to hear what he had to say. 
And that's because he was able to build that audience early on in his career. You know, one thing I was also uh, kind of curious to ask is, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure you deal with it every show, but uh, how uh, how do you deal with um, with hecklers? How do you personally deal with hecklers? If you I'll be honest with, with you. Them? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't typically have a problem with hecklers. Um, it's funny because I've worked with people where the audience is loud and rowdy and they'll say stuff back. I don't typically have a problem with it. People typically do not are, are are not yelling stuff at me to try to get me off track. They're they're it's almost like they're at church and they're like, Amen, you know, kind of stuff like that. Um I feel like I can talk to the crowd and uh still get back on track with my material. Um a lot of comedians don't seem to be able to do that. They need to be on their script, per se, the whole time. And if somebody heckles them, they get off, and that's when you have, and that's when you have meltdowns. Um, and and, and uh, they start yelling at people to shut the F up and all that kind of business. I, you know, I think, I think for me, uh, I typically just ignore it the first time. Uh, the second time I might say something, and the third time, it depends on what it is. But we feel like people are there, at least with my act, to have fun and pay attention to what I'm doing. Um, and, and let's be honest, I'm I'm uh, I'm rather a large fellow, and I think sometimes maybe people are a little bit scared to try to heckle me. Uh, we have uh, we have Mr. Russell as our guest here. And by the way, I do love your. Uh, I do love your Facebook uh, logo, uh, Russell Mania. That's awesome. That's Russell with an R. Uh, I do love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, now, um, you know, we had, uh, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately here in, uh, you know, North Dakota compared to like, uh, um, uh, compared to like, you know, big swings area in New York, there's like tons of comedy clubs and, I don't know how many are in Granny's area, but uh, there's, uh, you know, there is a, uh, you know, there there's none here anymore, really. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, there's a, a couple of shows like the one you're doing, but uh, let me ask you this. I, I know you got the one coming up this weekend. Uh, do you know if you're going to have any others close to uh, my area in the future, or is it still up in the air, or you don't know? Um, I am, I'm not hundred percent sure. I know, I know the venue that we're doing, the stone event center, uh, has us. I, I'm, I'm, my guess is if it goes well, uh, as far as attendance, they'll have more. Um, I know that, uh, what is it, the front, front room, tap room or tap room or something or whatever it is. There's a tap room that does, uh, comedy, uh, in, in Fargo, uh, on yes, a semi-regular basis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I know the Sanctuary Event Center is also uh, booking in some shows. Um, so I know that there's there's a, a, there's a call for comedy in Fargo. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 as far as I remember, Courtney's never ran uh, a full year. They would always drop off in the in the summer, um, and that's due partially because of where we live, right? Uh, in in right. uh, Fargo, in Minnesota, 
if it, you can't get you get you're hard pressed to get anybody inside a building uh, before dark, and that just that's just a death knell to to comedy. You can't start a comedy show at 10 o'clock at night um, and expect anybody to show up. Um, but I know um, there there's also been I've, I've been up to Grand Forks a number of times. Um, I'm talking to people about going up to Grand Forks again. Um, I know they're doing stuff out in Bismarck. Um, I haven't done anything in Minot or Williston lately, but uh, back when the oil boom was really rocking, uh, I would go up there on a fairly regular basis as well. You know, and it's it, you know it's funny. Um, you know, you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, uh, Minot. Uh, you know, uh, we had a. I used to work, and I'm sure you know where it is. Uh, I used to work at the Flying J overnights. And oh, yeah. uh, uh, there, uh, uh, and uh, you know, we used to have a lot of uh, truckers from Canada that would come through, and I would always ask him, "So, where are you coming from?" He said, "Well, uh, I just, uh, I just picked up a big, uh, uh, a, a big shipment in Minot." I'm like, "Minot? Where's that?" He said, "Well, you know, the other end of the state." Uh, and I, oh, well, yeah, we call that Minot, actually. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, uh, how long have you been out of Fargo? So I was, I moved up to Fargo in, uh, when the hell did I move up there? Uh, 1989, I think. Uh, my, my youngest son was born, uh, in Fargo. And then I left in 98 right after the flood. It just happened. Um, and then I lived down in Rochester, Minnesota, for 10 years, uh, working in radio down there. Uh, I moved up here to Minneapolis once I started doing comedy full-time. You know, and, you know, it's funny, uh, you mentioned the flood. Uh, it's like I tell everybody here in North Dakota, you know, we have, uh, we have four seasons, winter, flood, road construction, and football. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's basically it. Uh, so we have uh, John Russell as our guest here. we got uh, 10 minutes. And uh, as our fans know, they're listening. We do have a uh, – we do still have the contest going on. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page, Off the Ropes, and you like the page, uh, you're automatically going to qualify to be entered in our drawing for December uh, to win an uh, autograph from either one of this week's guests or last uh, – or any guests that we had in the previous year. So uh, – and uh, if you're really nice to me – uh, and you put some nice comments on our page. Uh, I might even let you pick the guests that you get an autograph from. So uh, we're we'll, still got that contest going on. Uh, John Russell's our guest here. We got nine minutes left. So uh, after this weekend, uh, where are you headed? Uh, where are you headed? Uh, where, where, what's your next couple of bookings looking like? Where are you headed? So I've got uh, I got some shows over in Wisconsin uh, that'll be. I, so the very next weekend I'm not working, which is which is fine because I I've been working every weekend since uh, since the middle of April, which I'm very very fortunate. Uh, not everybody has, um, but uh, I'm doing a show over in I it's a, it's one of the suburbs of Milwaukee. I don't I don't know without looking right at the schedule. Uh, and then there's a casino in the UP of Michigan. Uh, that for some reason they love to book me up there, but it's a Sunday night show, which is fine, but it's uh, a little bit south of Escanaba, Michigan. Um, so I'll be up there. I always like to go to Michigan. 
because uh, it's a it's a legal marijuana state. So, um, not that I'm a smoker, but I love them gummies. Um, and yeah, just I am just saying, fat guys don't smoke. Fat guys love gummies. It's 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 a known fact. Um, in fact, I was down in Davenport, Iowa, uh, uh, this last Saturday. And uh, on the way home, I, I, well, I went to Galena, Illinois, just because I could pick up some stuff there, too. Uh, again, I'm not a big user, but I like those gummies. Uh, but, yeah, and then uh, what else do we got going? So the other thing that I do is I got one of my friends that's a, uh, it's a wrestling broadcaster for some of the indies. And uh, so he and I have been doing a uh, podcast called The Two Count. It's not actually a podcast. We live stream it. Uh, and that's on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. Um, we do it exclusively on Twitch on my uh, uh, John Russell Comedy Channel. But uh, we've been we've been doing uh, – uh, we just went down to Des Moines uh, last sa- uh, Saturday and <clears> – <throat> excuse me – and did uh, the uh, 20th anniversary for Impact Pro Wrestling, which is out of uh, – out of Des Moines, Bondurant is where the uh, uh, main promoter lives. Uh, and we recorded it. Uh, we're doing that again on June 12th. And then the uh, Hall of Fame induction on July 15th, we're going to be down doing that as well uh, in Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, so I really kind of got my hands a little bit in both uh, both pots. Uh, but my friend Dave Sharidi uh, also does a podcast with Wes Briscoe. Uh, who you may remember, well, he's Jerry Briscoe's son, uh, but he was in Aces and Eights on Impact uh, uh, TNA Wrestling. Uh, and they do a podcast about every other Thursday uh, that, uh, again, they run that live, and, and uh, they got some great guests on there too. So, um, again, I didn't answer well, your do you question. Think, uh, I'm a babbler. Uh, do you think that uh, you'd be able to uh, – do you think you'd be able to hook us up with uh, your buddy there? Oh yeah, Dave would have, Dave would absolutely be happy to come on with you. I'm sure. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, if you could pass me my information because I, I I know you I know you're uh, one of the several guests that's uh, sick of my calls at two in the morning. But you know, time zones have never been my thing, which is obvious. <laughs> that's okay. I never sleep. I never sleep. But uh, I, I guess my next question: Our, our fans knew this was coming. Uh, during your next event in Fargo, uh, I won't be able to make this one because uh, I'll be uh, doing stuff with the Fargo Invaders. But uh, you think maybe I can get on your guest list the next time you're in Fargo? Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. And if you want, if you yeah. want, if you want to use me as if you want to use me as a mark, you're free to do that. I'll uh, I'll let you do that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> it all it all works for the best, my friend. It all works for the best. We're all in it for the same reason, right? Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's uh, notoriety and fame and all that other good stuff. Uh, so uh, I want to kind of circle back here a little bit. We got uh, Mr. Russell's, our guest here. We got uh, five minutes, and uh, maybe a big swing of lettuce uh, go a little overtime. We might be able to do that. Uh, I know I told you we were only going to have you on 45 minutes, but if we could do a little longer, can you stick around for a little bit? Oh, yeah, I got nothing to do. Awesome. So I want to kind of circle back to something you mentioned. You mentioned Paul. Uh, you mentioned Paulie Shore is kind of a dink. Uh, could you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Because I'm curious. I've heard that too, and 
I, I, if, if you could share with us uh, uh, some experiences, uh, uh, I'd like to talk about that if you would. I can understand yeah. if you don't want to, but no, I'm, 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 I'm I'll be honest with you. I, I'm happy to talk about any stuff. Most of the people that I've met doing comedy are awesome, and and as as like as, again, it's very similar to wrestling, right? If they know that you're serious and you respect what's going on, they're going to show you that same respect back. And that's and that's how it is in comedy. That's how it is in wrestling, right? Uh, Paulie Shore, on the other hand, is a bird of a different color. He is out for nobody but Paulie Shore. And um, so I uh, was booked to open for him uh, in Minneapolis, and it just happened to be he, he, he has a uh, – he has a documentary out about him going out and touring. So basically what his uh, business model seemed to be at the time was uh, he would go out, make this documentary, uh, do these shows. He'd make money doing the shows. He'd then, you know, sell the documentary to Showtime or Netflix or whatever the hell it was. I don't remember at the time. And then he'd get – so he'd get that money also, and then he'd just – so then he wouldn't have to do anything until he needed money again. Then he'd go out and do the tour thing again. Um, so he had a bunch of shows scheduled around the Midwest, and I was the one that happened to be opening for him in Minneapolis. Um, I did not meet the man until I was, I mean, until I was off the stage. Uh, so I kind of had to wing his introduction um, and I didn't even know if he was there. I assumed he was there, but he wasn't there before I went up. Uh, so that was kind of strike one. Uh, strike two was uh, when he was done. Uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong, he, had, he sold out four shows uh, Friday, Saturday, two shows each night. He sold them out, but he didn't want to have anything to do with the fans after the first show. He went right back to the green room and never came out. And you got all these people with their, with their, you know, VHS copy of Biodome or Son-in-Law or whatever the hell it is that they want to have him sign. He ain't coming out. He just ain't. Uh, when I got done uh, on, the la- on the late show doing the announcements, you know, hey, what we got coming up next week, next month, whatever the hell it is, um, he was already out of the building before I ever got off stage. I mean, he was gone. And so, again, all those people that had merch, they wanted to have him sign that they paid money for. He wasn't there to do it. And I felt terrible because there are all these people just sort of standing, milling around, and I'm like, well, I don't want to tell him he's not here. Uh, So it all changed, though, on Saturday night because he had his film crew there. And he was all happy and giggles when when the film crew was there. And... uh, in fact, after the first show, he wanted me to stay up on stage, and, and he wanted to bring me back up on stage and raise our hands and, and wave and all that happy horse shit. And then after the first show, yes, he went out and was standing by the merch and having fun with the people because the cameras were on. And then when we did the late show, same thing. He was gone back to the hotel before I ever got off the stage. So, Man, what a what a what a dick move! What a yeah, dick I mean, move. And, and all those people that put him in a position that he can do that, he doesn't even give a shit about them, and it's and it's very irritating to me. 
It is. Uh, so we could do this before we uh, before uh, our regular time runs out. If our fans want to check you out and see you, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a GoFundMe? What do you got? I got it all, baby. Well, I got a lot of it. On on Twitch, it's John Russell Comedy. John Russell Comedy on Twitch. In fact, I am the oldest guy on Twitch. Uh, I do have a jingle uh, that I that I paid a, an English woman to uh, uh, make for me. Uh, on Twitter, it's just at JR Comedy, uh, and on Facebook, I'm on there. I got like three different things, but you can look for me. I'm I'm the goofy looking bastard, and uh, uh, like the icon said, look for WrestleMania. Uh, it'll it'll probably pop up. And uh, uh, I, you know, I got to ask. This is kind of an eagle thing. Uh, the icon made you cool collector's card. What do you think of that? I liked it. I liked it. Now, uh, I'm just kind of curious. Has anybody ever uh, came up to you? I mean, like, people say, you know, people tell me all the time I look like Mick Foley, you know, uh, which, you know, I didn't really like until uh, the actual guy told me I look like him. But has somebody ever told you you look like anybody? Oh, dude, I get told I look like a ton of people, man. Um, I have been told, uh, (laughs) excuse me. I've been told I look like I should be the lead singer in a low tribute band. <laughs> I have been I have been told I look like the skipper from Gilligan's Island and let his hair grow too long. <laughs> I have been told uh you remember the the Dallas Cowboys uh defensive coordinator uh that he had the brother that was the head coach and he was I can't think of his name. Uh, but <laughs> If you see the picture, you know I, I've been told I look like him. Um, wow. has, anybody, has anybody ever said? Uh, has anybody ever said Sam Kinison to you? Uh, no, no. You know, people. It's it's funny. Nobody said I look like Sam. Um, but I used to sort of yell a little bit, and people said, "Oh, you're 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 like Sam Kinison," and so I kind of backed off a little bit, to be honest with you, with the with yelling, because. Um, you know, that's the last thing. I don't want. I don't want people to to see me and be reminded of somebody else. Um, you know, if it's if it's delivery or that kind of thing. I don't want. I, I don't want that. I mean, it's, you want to you want to be known and remembered for stuff you do on your own, not not because you remind them of somebody else. Well, you know, it, you know, what's, what's really kind of funny is uh, um, I had a um, you know I, I got a I got a little fan that uh, uh, messaged me and he said. Uh, uh, now, don't get offended. This is not this is not me. It's him. But he said you're going to have George Washington on your show. <laughs> George Washington. Well, that's def- I been I get told I look like Ben Franklin a ton. Um, um, ben 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 Franklin is is uh, is okay by me. I know it's, it's funny because people are always uh, you know they'll say oh don't get offended. <laughs> Uh, and then they'll and then they'll say and they'll say you, you look like shit basically. Um, but I'm like, I'm never offended because I'm like they say shit and it's like what and people are like oh I can't believe you didn't get all worked up about but I have a mirror I'm aware of how I look you know it's not like something new it's not like somebody just sprung something on me and I'm like oh my god I didn't realize I was a fat fucker <laughs> I knew the whole I knew it the whole time I knew it the whole time. And one of the last one uh, has anybody ever compared you to Sorrel Book? Uh, no, but I know I know who you're talking about Boss Hog. Uh, 
I think yeah, I can sort of see the resemblance uh, to a degree. Uh, my eyes, as I get older, are getting more buggy like is, and uh, I definitely am starting to get a turkey neck as I get older. You know, to be honest with you, uh, you would have been a much better choice to play uh, Boss Hogg in the Duke Hazard movie than the guy that they picked, that's for certain. <laughs> I don't know about that. He was a brilliant character actor. I'm just a fat guy. <laughs> well, you know, he did speak, I believe it was, what, 25 different languages, I do believe. Oh, wow, that's incredible. I, I can't I can even speak... No. I can't even speak one, let alone two. <laughs> uh, I can say no in like 16 or 17 languages. So, <laughs> uh, John Russell's our guest here. we got a few more minutes before we got to wrap this up. But, you know, I'll tell you what, John, we do appreciate uh, you taking time out of your schedule. You've been so awesome. And uh, I'll uh, be in contact with you. Uh, the next time I see that uh, you're going to be uh, in close proximity to me, uh, I'll uh, come out and see your show, and if you can get me on your guest list, if that's a thing, I would. Uh, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to uh, come hang out with you. Absolutely, I will look forward to it. And uh, you know, if if anybody's listening in Rochester, or see, God damn it, I don't know where I am. I don't know. I need to go have one of those gummies. That'll that'll calm me down and make me think clearer. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're if if there's anybody that's in Fargo. And and you're looking for something to do on Saturday. Come on out to the Stone Event Center. Uh, three really really talented comics, uh, and and we're gonna we're gonna do our utmost to make sure you're happy and having fun uh, when we're there. And it's it's always kind of old home week for me because uh, a lot of the folks that I got to work with uh, will come out, and some of the folks that I used to have as neighbors and friends as well. So. Um, I will look forward to that, and, and I'm sad that you won't be able to come to the show, but the next time we're up there, I will definitely put you on a list, man. And, yeah, just to review it, there's uh, there's going to be three comedians, correct? Yes. D'Angelo Funches uh, will be the opening act, I'll be the feature act, and Mark Poulos will be the headliner. And uh, real quick here, like I say, we got we got we got just a few more minutes. But can you get, can you tell us real quick for uh, fans that don't know the difference between the three uh, opening yeah. feature and headliners? So basically, yeah. So basically, uh, the way that a comedy show works, right? It, it's it's been kind of formatted. Uh, is you have an opening actor or an MC. Uh, and they do anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes of material. Their job is to get the audience warmed up, uh, let them know what the rules are, remind them not to run their phones and not to talk and all that kind of stuff. So that's a very difficult job. Uh, then the feature act comes on and does 25 to 30 minutes. To be honest, it's the easiest job of the three um, and the most fun. Uh, then the headliner comes on and does 45 to 55 minutes, uh, and that's a difficult job not only because it's way more time, uh, but typically they also, uh, the wait staff will also drop the bills, um, and people are taking care of their tabs while he's doing his act. Uh, so that's something that you have to learn how to deal with as well. But, uh, excuse me, gosh darn it, I'm getting hoarse. Um, 
but that's that's kind of it in a nutshell, and it's usually 90 minutes uh, to uh, two hours, depending on how things go. Um, in this case, I think I think it's uh, uh, be probably closer to two hours because there's no show after it. Um, if you're in a position where there's a seven o'clock and uh, and a late show or six thirty or whenever they do it, um, the first show is usually pretty tight time wise because then they got to turn the tables and get the new crowd in. Uh, but when there's just one show, um, time is really not terribly limited. So there's uh, there's no real penalty like you know if you're supposed to be on for like 30 minutes and you go like 45 or 50, there's no griping in the back. Well, yeah, there is griping in the back. Um, so so typically you want to try to stick close to your time uh, if if and and the reason is because things are timed that way on purpose. Um, basically, if you do more than your time, we call, we like to call it stealing laughs. Uh, and if you go too far over, you a couple three minutes, nobody's going to gripe. But if you go too far over, um, it will create a problem because you tire the audience out. Um, the, I mean, the 90-minute the uh, show length is sort of based on the attention span of most people, right? Um, Typically, movies last around 90 minutes because that's about the that's about the you know uh, length that somebody can sit still and continue to pay attention. So uh, you don't want to go way over. Um, I've worked with people that have done you know and brag or hey I did I did an hour and 22 minutes. Well, like you just fucked everybody. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, yeah, it, and on the other side, like the casinos, sometimes the casinos really want you tied on time because they they want to offer that that kind of Vegas glitz and, and glamour uh, of a show, but they also want people back out there gambling. So um, I've worked for several casinos that in the contract it says, if you go more than your time, you will be docked half your pay. So... Uh, we we do have to watch that as well. Timing is really really more important than people realize. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. Speak, speaking of timing, uh, they're starting to give me the heave hole. So, I do appreciate uh, you being on the show with us. John Russell's our guest here. You've been wonderful. Uh, fans listening, uh, if you uh, go to our Facebook page, Off the Ropes, uh, you'll find out who's coming on next week. Uh, I'll either drop that either Thursday night or Friday night. Uh, and uh, we'll definitely see you all here back next week. Another big show coming your way. And uh, with that being said, I'm sure Big Swing will hit the music, and we are out of time. Thanks, John. Thanks, everybody. Dead man walking. You've done it now.